Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. £25 billion of government money spent on PPE and test and trace, and both systems littered with problems. We're looking into the emerging cost of the UK's bungled coronavirus response. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. The cost of the pandemic is becoming clearer and the numbers are eye-opening. The latest Treasury figures show the total public money spent on the battle against coronavirus has risen to nearly £190 It's led to record borrowing the country will be paying back for many years to come, as well as the possibility of further measures, including tax hikes and reductions in pension rises. The Chancellor Rishi Sunak hasn't shied away from acknowledging the financial challenges the country will face, difficulties he laid out when he shifted the conversation towards Britain's economic recovery, delivering what many have called his mini-budget in the Commons on Wednesday. People need to know that although hardship lies ahead, no one will be left without hope. So today we act with a plan for jobs. Our plan has a clear goal, to protect, support and create jobs. And while announcements of further relaxations of the lockdown rules on Thursday mean many in the entertainment and beauty industries can begin to earn a living once again, the wider cost of public spending is emerging. Calls for an inquiry grew on Thursday after it emerged the test and trace system alone, not yet entirely functional, has already cost £10 billion and PPE cost £15 billion despite widespread shortages. So to discuss the new Treasury figures, as well as the long-term effects of loosening the public purse strings, I gave our economics reporter Tom Reese a call, and we started by talking about what we know so far about extra health spending. Essentially, documents were released by the Treasury on Wednesday alongside uh, Rishi Sunak's um, economic package that revealed that they basically signed off on about thirty-two billion of extra health spending. While that might not be that surprising, given the nature of the the current crisis. The documents also revealed that 15 billion of that was spent on uh, personal protective equipment and 10 billion was spent on testing and contact tracing programs. To the untrained ear, obviously billions, those sound like huge numbers. Tom, are those numbers as big as they sound? And can you try and put them into context for us? It's quite hard to get a sense of what those numbers mean. So combined, that's the size of the country's entire transport budget, or that's about... 15% of uh, total health spending in normal times. Th- that's kind of, that's shocked quite a lot of people. Um, there's been a lot of scrutiny about the government's PPE procurement process. And th- this has just led to more questions about whether we paid over the odds for this equipment when there was a global scramble um, to get uh, your hands on it. Um, there were obviously shortages in, in the UK and some of the contracts have been questioned by by experts some of the contracts were given to firms that had no experience in supplying PPE 
or were already in financial difficulty. So this has just heightened the scrutiny on uh, our PP procurement process. Those programmes, as you say, were not without their flaws. You've spoken about the widespread PPE shortages, but the test and trace programme also failed to reach the contacts of up to a quarter of people who tested positive in the first four weeks of its operation. And we, of course, still don't have a contact tracing app. How will the government be held accountable for this? Well, MPs will will hold the government uh, accountable through a uh, backbencher group called the Public Accounts Committee. Meg Hillier, the chair of that committee, has already said that she'll be scrutinising every penny spent during this. But there's also calls for um, an in- inquiry uh, into, into the PPE procurement, given how... Um, how much scrutiny there's, there's been on it. Of, of, of course, the officials will be answering questions about this for a long time to come. You wrote in The Telegraph this week, Tom, that Rishi Sunak's gained a reputation for under-promising and over-delivering in his eventful five months at the Exchequer. That's not something you could say of many chancellors. In fact, I thought it was a very favourable thing to write. But at a time when jobs across the country are being cut, I mean, just on Thursday, we've had John Lewis and Boots, they've announced 5,300 job cuts. Um, and unfortunately, we're getting fresh news on this every day. Spending this amount of money on schemes that by all accounts, uh, were flawed, isn't a, it's not a good look, is it? Oh, I, I, absolutely not. And in the, in the coming months, officials will be thinking a lot more about the, the, the money they spent. And I'm, I'm sure when they toss up the final costs of, of, of this crisis, spending £15 billion on just getting the equipment that uh, frontline staff need is not going to look good. Um, and there's there's a lot of tough questions that the, the chancellor and officials will will have to answer in in the next coming months. The budget is will be in the autumn, and Rishi Sunak will have to decide then whether to carry on spending or whether he wants to try and control the the debt that we've um, built up during during this crisis. Yeah, that twenty five billion pound sum um, for PP and Test and Trace is part of the hundred ninety billion public spending package. Mm. Obviously. Debt is going to be a key word there. How are we going to pay this back? And can we make a best guess about when the economy will be robust enough to bear that burden? As essentially, uh, economists expect um, our, our deficit to balloon to more than £300 billion um, the, this year. Uh, just to put that in context, that's higher than we normally see in peacetime and the the only times that we've spent that much have been in, say, the Second World War. Um, it is going to push our debt levels up to about 100% of GDP, which is levels we've not seen since the 1960s. And the economy is, is unfortunately not going to be back to its pre-virus levels for a, a long time to come. And we'll need quite a lot more support from, from the government in the, in the coming years. Tom, Rishi Sunak's announcements in the Commons on Wednesday were referred to by many as a mini-budget. Quite how many it actually was is up for debate. He was dealing with some pretty big numbers and indeed the scale of the crisis is quite alarming. The real budget or the next budget is in the autumn. How much do you expect that we'll find out then about the long-term effect of the coronavirus crisis on the economy? We'll we'll know a lot more about the cost it has taken on, on our economy. By then, the furlough scheme will have wound down and we'll know just how many um, unemployed people we have. We'll also know whether there was a, a, ever a second wave of infections that, that caused us to go maybe back into lockdown. Um, and then beyond that, um, decisions will have to be made on, on tax and spend and whether 
that we, we want to reduce spending or hike taxes in order to try and get our public finances on, on the right foot. And- it would come just over a year on from the then Chancellor Sajid Javid standing up in the Commons in September 2019 to declare the end of austerity. Tom, could we see a return to it? I think it's very unlikely that we'll see a return to the austerity that we saw after the financial crisis. I think the government has realised that there's a lot of austerity fatigue after after the last 10 years. I think more likely would be the, the government just decides to tolerate higher higher deficits and higher debt levels, or we see them try to rein in uh, the debt pile with with tax rises. Boris Johnson has, has signalled at the election that he really would not hike taxes, but um, if if we don't want spending cuts, then it's, it's the only real way you can kind of consolidate our, our fiscal position. The rest of the coronavirus latest news. Indoor gyms, swimming pools and sports facilities can reopen in England from July the 25th. The Culture Secretary Oliver Dowden announced a number of changes to the lockdown in England, including the resumption of recreational team sports from this weekend, even amongst those from different households. Gyms must limit the number of people in the building at one time and allow for social distancing. Equipment must be spaced out and cleaned regularly. Mr Dowden also confirmed that nail bars, beauty salons and spas can reopen from Monday and outdoor plays and concerts can resume from Saturday. Taxi drivers, cleaners and shop workers are among those who'll be tested for coronavirus even if they're not showing symptoms under new plans announced by the Department for Health. Firms where workers are deemed to be at higher risk of catching the virus, including Boots, BT and taxi firm Addison Lee, are all set to take part. Those who test positive will need to self-isolate and results will be shared with the NHS Test and Trace programme to enable contact tracing. In Scotland, groups of up to 15 people from up to five different households will be allowed to meet up outdoors from Friday as long as they stay two metres apart. Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon also confirmed that shopping centres would be allowed to reopen from Monday and hairdressers, barbers, indoor bars, restaurants, libraries, museums and cinemas can resume business from Wednesday. And while some exemptions to the two metre social distancing rule will be introduced, face coverings will be mandatory in shops. If you'd like more detail on any of those stories, as always, I'll put links to the full write-ups in the episode description. If you get hit by a paywall and you're not already a Telegraph subscriber, you can get the first 30 days completely free when you sign up at telegraph.co.uk slash audio. And after that, it's just £2 a week. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do consider signing up. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show or a topic you think I should be covering, send me an email. The address is coronaviruspodcast at telegraph.co.uk. Or you can find me on Twitter. It's at T underscore Leludis. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leludis. I'll be back on Friday with your final update of the week. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the super light tree runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? 
Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.